Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. Alright, quickly, let's declare the words of understanding as we usually do before we study. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. If you believe it, give me another amen. Amen. And I said that will be your testimony today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The word will enter your heart. Amen. It will give you light. Amen. It will give you direction. Amen. It will heal you in every area. Amen. And it will make you more and more like the Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, the Lord is good. Can you just greet somebody on your left and your right before you take your seats? Now, I want to um, do something today. We are going to declare the word of God. Let's just take a few um, portions of the scriptures to... You know, lay the lay foundation. Quick, let's open our Bible to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. The book of Hebrews, chapter 1. It says, verse 1, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. He is the radiance of his glory and the, and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, Thou art my son, Today I have begotten thee. And again, he also said, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels wings and his ministers a flame of fire? I wanted to read just the first uh, three uh, verses, but it was, get, it was just getting so sweet, I couldn't stop. All right, that's why I read it as far as verse 7. But where I really want from here is I was speaking concerning the Son, and who later himself said, or who earlier had said, as the Father has sent me, so I also send you. Concerning that Son, he said, he is the radiance of the glory of the Father and the exact representation of his nature. Now notice that he is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of the nature of God. He now said, next line, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. Now I wanted to note that he says he upholds all things by the word of his power. Now let's open our Bibles also. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Now, for, because of time, I have to just quickly get to the verse I want. He said from verse 5, Let your character be free from the love of money, 
being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we may, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid, what shall man do to me? Now, what I want to bring out from here is something which I believe that many of us will already understand, in which he says that because he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, that creates a confidence for you to declare, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid, what shall man do to me? Now, there is something I want us to understand today. I'm tightening what I'm teaching today, the, the word of his power. The word of his power. If you see where we read earlier, the Bible says he upholds all things by the word of his power. That is, there is power inside him, and that power that is inside him is released by the words that he speaks. That is, Jesus, all right, he has power in him as the Father has granted to him. But that power inside him is not useful except he releases something from his mouth. The method by which we release the power that is inside us, the power that is working inside us that believe. You will see, if you quickly open to, uh, let's just read that one. That would be a nice one to read also. The book of um, Ephesians chapter 1, when Paul was teaching and, um, you know, praying for the people with the church. And he wrote a letter about it to the church um, in Ephesus. He explained the principle there. Now notice what he said in verse um, Let's just start from verse 16. He said, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. What was I praying about? That God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now notice that there is a power working toward us who believe. He said these things are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ. When he raised him, he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And every name that is named. Let me just stop reading here. Just to bring out to us again that there is power that has been generated for us. There is a power that works inside us because we are believers. And the Bible says Jesus also had power in himself. He said, but for him to uphold all things, there had to be a release of that power. And how did he release the power? It's through the words that he spoke. He said he upholds all things or the word that he speaks. Let me use the continuous tense there. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Now, what, because for a long time I used to wonder, what is it, the power of his word? That's what we used to think. You know, the, the common sense reasoning is that there is a power in his word. So we say he should uphold all things by the, word, the power in his word. But what the Bible is saying here is that there is a word of his power. That is, there is a power first inside him. But for that power to be released, he has to he had to utter words. It's not just words, it's power. And that's why he said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Now that's a very literal in translation 
of that into English. But this way I understand it should be interpreted. The words that I speak, they are not just mere letters. He said, the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. The words that I speak, they are spirit. That is, they carry a spiritual substance that imparts life wherever they get to. That is, the power of God is released when I utter words. The power that is inside me is released when I utter words. The power does not just flow by itself, but it is released because I utter the word of God. I hope you are getting my point here. Let, let, there's another scripture I want us to read quickly. Uh, the book of, um, uh, that, that will be from Psalms. Psalm 103. Let's be open to that. Now, I like the expression in, the, um, you know, uh, King James here. Let's start from verse 19. He said, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty, or his kingdom, rules over all. He said, bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serve him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, there's, there are a number of things I'm trying to explain to us here. First of all, we have established that there is power available. Power was in Jesus Christ and is in Jesus Christ. And then we believers, we have power walking towards us. We have power walking in us. It's a greater is it that is in us. You understand my point? There is a powerful, a mighty one inside us. We understand that. We're looking at that again. But we're emphasizing again that those things... If they are inside, if the power is inside, they must be released. And the way by which it is released is when there is power, words must be spoken. Now, sometimes people speak words, but there is no power. I hope you are getting my point. Now, that's a mistake a lot of people make. They speak words, but there is no power. Christianity is spiritual things, not just Christianity now. Spiritual things is not just copycat. You can't just copy what somebody said, and then you expect the same result. It is a word of his power. Bear that in mind. It is the word of his power. There must be power for the words to be effective. It's not just because you have spoken words, then you must get the result that everybody else is getting. It's not just because you have spoken words, that things must happen the way somebody else testified that it happened when he spoke those words. Actually, if you notice, like now, we've been talking about, um, if you notice for some time, we've been speaking about uh, um, agreeing with God. Now, in, in that process... What we are doing when we are agreeing with God, basically, is that we are generating power. I, I hope you are getting my point. When we are praying, what we are doing is generating power. Prayer comes in different dimensions. Prayer comes in different types. When we are praying, if we are worshipping, we are generating power. Even though we are not doing it for the sake of generating power, we are generating power. If you are studying the word of God, Jesus said, if my words he said, abide in me, if my words abide in you, Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When those words are dwelling in you, you are generating power. Please bear that in mind. It's like battery. It's being stored up. It's being stored up. Spiritual things can be stored. They can be stored. Let me say this to you again. If you're, Just for sitting down here, hmm? you are listening to me teach. And I'm also listening to myself teach. All of us are here listening. We are generating power. Even though you are not doing anything, you are, not, you are just sitting down. There's power in sitting down. I hope you get my point. Oh, there's a lot of power in sitting down. There's a lot of it. 
the whole household of Cornelius, they got born again. They didn't get up. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Peter was speaking. They sat down to listen. Yet, they got born again. Nobody wants to give his life to Christ. They got born again on the seat. And they got filled with the spirit on the seat. Nobody told them. Some of these things we do. Just open your mouth. Anything that comes out. Anything that comes out. Is, you know, the power is not hot. Yeah, you get my point. Some of these things we do in Christianity. I just say, oof. You know, God has different uh, levels of operation. Like this is children. We just do all kinds of things. There, these people, <laughs> what happened? They, they started speaking with other tongues. Peter had not even told them there was other tongues to speak. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He hasn't said anything to them. But how did they get to that? You know what Paul said? He said, how did you receive the spirit? He said it was by what? Hearing with faith. They didn't have to get up. They were sitting down. There's a lot of power in sitting. So you are sitting down, listening. You know, matter was up and about. But Jesus made it clear that Mary was sitting down. Now, I want to use the words of today. She was generating power. So there are many different ways you generate power. We're talking about prayer. talking about worship. We're talking about sitting down. Just sitting down and generating power. Another way you generate power is discussing with your friends. I hope you're getting my point. Iron does what? It sharpens iron. Just talking with each other, iron is getting sharper. Do you get my point? You went somewhere before, you said, door open, door did not open. Then you went and sharpened the iron. Then you came, door open, then the door opens. He said, but that door opened, you said it earlier, nothing happened. Yes, because the iron was not sharp. I hope you're getting what I'm saying here. So when you interact with brethren, and let me just quickly, you know, anytime I'm preaching, I digress to help people. That is why, be careful where you go, be careful who you talk to. It's not everybody you spend your time chatting away with. There are people you know, they do not, oh God, they don't increase your spirituality. They don't increase your faith. I said at that time, if you go to church, the reason why you go is to have your faith increased. If you go to church every Sunday, a pastor is discussing politics, is discussing business, is discussing the environment, is discussing pollution. Are you getting what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say? No matter how nice it seems, go and find somewhere else to go. It's not helping your faith. You know, you have, one pastor of was leading prayer just now. He told us a testimony. When you hear such testimonies, listen, faith is, you know, is stirred up. Faith is stirred up. These are the ways by which we generate power. Once Bishop Bidipo, I have this series of messages. I think I still have them somewhere. Um, my supernatural living series. It's after preaching and preaching, you know, teaching for a few days. One day he asked somebody, ah, where's the ball? You say, the person had the ball in the hand. Something like a Whitlow, something like that. He said, where's the Whitlow? He said, I've gotten angry. I pressed it and told it to go. Are you getting my point? Just by coming to church, he just got angry. See, which kind of harassment of the devil is this? The pain that has been afflicting him for days, he, he just rejected it one day. Why? Interaction. Testimonies are very important. Very, very important. You know, people hang around where the word is discussed. You know, I had a blessing those days in school. And that's the room I stayed. It was, I stayed in a room filled with, now I want to use this word in an interesting way, crazy people. People that if they fought, if they wanted to fight, they are not fighting over money, or who spoke to that girl first? What rubbish. They don't even know what they're talking about. When they want to quarrel, did Paul say it like this, or was it Peter that said it? When Peter said it, what did he mean? You'll be hearing arguments from far away. No. I did remember one day, one brother said, listen, your faith is important to get healed. The other guy said, it doesn't matter. If I have faith, you will get healed. That is, you that I'm praying for. Your, uh, that is, the first person said that the person being prayed for needs faith. 
The other person, they said, listen, you that's praying, if your faith is big, that that guy does not need anything. So that guy now said, listen, if you are sick, if I lay my hands around you right now, you will not get healed. That guy said, how can I get healed when you don't believe? (laughs) I said, remember that day. (laughs) I remember that day. The argument was hot. What's the argument about? On spiritual manifestations. How does faith work? In fact, those two brothers, they, 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 they turn to quarrel. After a while, he said, with all this what you're talking, where's the operation of the spirit you're operating? That one's the operation. I operate more than you. <laughs> the other guy said, what kind of yama yama operation is that one? Now, that is a le- those are the people I lived with. Those are the people I lived with. Now, when they are praying, oh, Father in heaven. Neighbors, you know something is going on. <laughs> there was a time I was sick, I was at home. I was actually was on admission for some days. Then I was discharged, I was better, but I wasn't really well. You know what my mother said? She said, I think you should go back to school. Can you believe that? You know the way mothers are. You know the way mothers love their children. And listen, my mother is not an exception. When she said that, she wasn't tired of me. She said that if you get back to the environment of those your friends, you will get well. Because she knew where I came from. In fact, my other brother that time used to yap. You know, many of me, my younger brother. He said, listen, that him, that he's going to be very rich in this life. And that if they send our youngest brother to come and stay with him, that the boy will enjoy. That anything he wants, he'll just buy for him. Because he was big. I was in university. He had graduated. This small boy was in primary school or so. You know, many of you know DJ, all right? So we just play. He now said that, ha, if they send him to go and stay with me, that the boy will suffer. He said, because I will not have any time. I'll be jumping from one crusade to another. Then the boy comes and says he's sick. I'll just say in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, and I'll go away. <laughs> I will not even check what is wrong with him. <laughs> that is, I was not at home. That's the point I had to make. That was the mockery. That this one, if you send any little boy with to go and stay with him, he will suffer. Are you getting my point? So my mother said, listen, go back to school. I'm sure if you get back to school, you will get well. Like Bishop Wedekbo will say, because there's an environmental unction about the place. I was in a place where there was an environmental unction. That's how you generate power. Check who you hang around. The kind of people you talk to, they sharpen your iron when you don't even realize they are doing it. Just by being with them, your iron is being what? Sharpened. You are sitting down, you are generating power. You are praying, you are generating power. These are the things that generate power inside us. However, after power has been generated, it must be what? Released. And that's why a lot of times we miss it as Christians. The word of Christ dwells in us richly. Is power generated. Now, I, I, we read somewhere just now. Where's that? So, here, you see what David was prophesying. He said, angels hearken, they obey the voice of his word. First time I read this, why didn't he just say they obey his voice? Or they obey his word? Why did they combine it as they obeyed the voice of his word? What was he trying to say? 
It is not that God must speak by himself. Anyone, listen to this, anyone who takes the word of God that has entered into him, that has entered into her, anyone that takes that word and utters it out and gives it a voice, angels will respond. I hope you're getting my point here. There's another scripture we should read quickly. John chapter 14. The book of John chapter 14. You will notice something here. If you are not careful, you may wonder what is going on. The Lord Jesus was talking about a kind of prayer. He said, do you not... Let me start from verse 10. Where do we start from now? No, let's start from verse um, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who abides in me, the works that I do shall he do also. Now follow this. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Now notice verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, it did not say the Father, whatever you ask the Father. It just said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me, or if you ask, depending on the translation you use, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and all of that. What I want to bring here is that he said that there is asking in his name, and that he will do. Now, we learn this those days. Here he was not talking about prayer per se. He wasn't talking about petition in prayer. Essentially what he said is this. Whatever you will demand in my name, you are not demanding of the Father. You are not demanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. What you are doing is just making demand. Making demand of different situations. Let me give you an example. Jesus went to a particular tree. You know the story. All right? And the tree was not producing anything. And he demanded of that tree to die. And the tree died. He did not ask the Father. I hope you get my point. He made a demand. What Jesus was saying is this. In life, you have, you have an instruction to uphold the will of God by the word of the power that has been generating, generated inside you. I hope you're getting my point here. You know, there's another scripture. There's according to the power that works in us. There is a power that works in us. He said, according to that power, we have a responsibility to uphold all things according to the will of God. I hope you're getting my point. And how do we do it? That's what Jesus did. He said, he looked at a tree and said, no one hereafter will eat of your fruit again. He did not bow like he did in the time of, um, um, what's the name of that guy? Lazarus. He didn't go to the, you know, in the time of Lazarus. He prayed to the Father to return. You know, it, it, it is on this thing. Whatever I will ask of you and all of that. He has called, now, listen to that. Even in that situation, after he had generated the power, what did he do? He called Lazarus to come forth. That power had to be released by a direct declaration of the words that he would speak. He had to speak words of instruction. He had to speak words not to the father, but to the environment. There was something that the father said concerning him on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What's the next statement he made? He said, listen to him. When he made that statement, that was power generated inside Jesus Christ. He now said, anytime he opens his mouth to speak, Everybody must listen and everything must listen. That is, if you do see the time that God gave a dose of power into a man like Joshua. Joshua looked at the sun and, I to, and he told the sun, stop, stand still. And you know what happened? 
the sun stopped moving, the moon stopped moving. I hope you're getting my point here. That is the way it works. Listen, anytime God gen- we have generated spiritual power inside us, it has to be released with words of instruction, not words of prayer now. There's a difference. Prayer generates power. But the power must now be what? Released. And it's a responsibility we all have as believers. Let me arrange things properly again. Where a lot of people make mistakes is that they go to church. Pastor says, say this, they say it. They go home, they say it, but power has not been generated. So they don't see the kind of result that they are supposed to see. I hope you're getting my point here. They don't see that kind of result. Now, there's another side to it. Some people have generated power, but they don't talk. And listen. <laughs> he said the sons of Ephraim, you know what their problem was? They were armed. But in the, days of, in the day of battle, what did they do? They turned back. And I was in a commentary. He said it was not just the tribe of Ephraim. That sometimes when the Bible is talking, it picks some, one person to represent the rest. For example, he said the iniquity of the Amorite. The iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. He said it's not just the Amorite group. It's the represented all the, you know, all the nations around them. I'm sure they were the most sinful. <laughs> so they were the example of sinfulness. So God said the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Now, so Ephraim represented one commentary I was reading represented the whole of Israel. That God said, I have generated enough power inside you people. But in the day of battle, what did they do? They turned back. And what happened is that God had taught Israel and generated power inside them. He now said to them, it's the day of battle. You know what they did? They looked. They turned around and said, we are not able. I know what God said. As you have said in my hearing. They opened their mouth and said, we are not able. When in actual fact, they were able. It was not their ability. Let me say something to you again, believers. Please, don't confuse what we preach with common sense. Don't confuse it. If I say, the country will be good for you, I don't mean that those who are giving predictions are wrong. They are right in their own area. It is just to you according to your faith. If I utter those words, I'm giving you the prophetic word of God. How your experience will not depend on whether you say amen or you say are you sure? Many times I've talked to people. You know, you know some Christians are funny. Let me just tell you something. Eh? Never argue against yourself. Don't argue. You know, somebody says, I want to give you as an example now. You want to prove to somebody that is a child of God now that healing is for today. And he spends all the time arguing that it is not. How will you benefit if you are right? I don't know whether you are getting my point. <laughs> my people of God, please, at least believe. Be, okay, operate small selfishness. You know what I call selfishness? Just say, okay, if we have to argue, which one will be better for me? What you are saying or what I am saying? You reason, say, what you are saying is better for me. <laughs> you are saying that healing is for today. Ah, amen. But some people will sit down. He said, what if you are wrong? But he said, that is only what if, Abby. What about the one in which, whether you are right or wrong, you are wrong. I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that. <laughs> if, you say, if you say healing is not for today, divine healing, and you are wrong, it will not come to you. If you say healing is not for today, and you are right, you still will not get healed. Whichever way, your own don't finish. 
So if you want to even use probability, let's sit on the side of which if half of we have a 50% chance of being right, at least we will be blessed. You see Christians arguing. Arguing. No, sometimes I'm talking to believers here. It will shock me. That there's nothing. Let's say you can't succeed. You don't, you don't know what's going on. But the kind of president we have, that said, the Jews are lazy. We are finished though. I said, no, and he's, you know when you hear Christians argue? One day, one guy, he heard me on radio. So he saw me the following week. He said, I heard you on radio. He said, forget that thing that you were saying. <laughs> See the alarm in this man's face. You know, they never hear that kind of people. Don't they call him to abuse you? The way I, you know, God has given me some kind of wisdom that I shut people up. He said that I said Jesus has paid for every sin. Every man will still pay for his own sin. You think I argued with him? No. I said, go ahead, pay for yours. He has paid for mine. And that's it. There's no need to fight. What am I fighting over? You know, the guy is shut up. And I told him, I told him the words I used were even worse. I said, you will suffer for your sins, but mine have... No, really. I said, my own sins have been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no argument for that. We had drawn the line. He said, Jesus didn't pay for everything. I said, take it like that, enjoy it. Me, I think he has paid. And I'm going to enjoy what he paid for. Some people, the, the Christians will argue some kind of argument. How can you be telling God we are not able? I hope you're getting my point. It's better to just say, okay, we are able, we are able, amen, we will take the land. The land is our own, but guys, we will run. Are you getting my point? <laughs> <laughs> At least start by agreeing with what benefits you. I hope you're getting my point. You know, you know, some people like, you know, maybe I see you and I say, ah, choose look at the way you are shining. Man, you don't, you don't hammer. He say, I never hammer, man, they're hungry. Why do you, you know, people, you know, there are things you don't hear me say. There are things you don't hear me say. What I will tell you, when you say, ah, oh boy, you are looking, I'm sure you have made a lot of money. Say, ah, well, thank God. Like this, you know, all this, this might be a beer, we're there for here, so. People say, ah, you look rich. I say, yes, I, I agreed when I made my second billion. They will laugh. That is so that if God were to confirm the word that I spoke. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> confirm better thing. Sometimes I don't understand Christian. They will be <laughs> God told Israel, you can't enter. They said lie lie. Oh, anyway, that was not the day they lost. They lost when they were eating all kinds of rubbish. That was the day of their testing. Be careful what you eat. I'm not talking about eat now. Listen. It's not the day of crisis. You will learn what to say. No. It's not the day of crisis. People think that it's the day of crisis. You now learn what to say. I will know. When pressure comes upon me, I will now say, no, in the name of Jesus, sir, they are not going to get me. Oh boy, at that time, you won't remember anything. It's before crisis comes that you will have learned to talk right. And you can only talk right by believing right. I hope you get my point. And you can only believe right when you have a head right. How can they believe except they say preacher? So surround yourself with the right things to hear. No, I digress here and there. All right, I just wanted, wanted to drop that one. If you have to argue, argue in your own favor. These people can't make it in this country, and somebody said they can make it. Say I agree with you, because it's, it's to you according to what your faith. 
Israel uttered wrong words. Israel uttered wrong words, even though God had given them power. And for that reason, that power backfired. The power backfired against them because they did what was wrong. Because that's how God is. You know, let me tell you something again. I don't, you know, I like to say it like this. Like, you know, if you don't want to listen to me, so you quickly run. The God we serve gets angry. It's just that he doesn't do it fast. The Bible says what? The Bible says what? Slow to anger. He's slow to get there, but he gets there. So let's be afraid of that. Let's not annoy him. And one thing that annoys him more than other things for you to tell him he does not know what he said. If he says something, you must never argue. It's better for you to just dodge. Disobedience is bad though. But you know what? It's better, it's better than arguing with God and trying to you know, say to him he doesn't know what he said. When Israel did that, you know what he did? He condemned every single one of them to death in the wilderness. Moses stood there. We have used Moses all the time as a sign of inter- intercession. He stood and stood, and God couldn't kill the people. God, God wanted to destroy them on the spot. So Moses stood. He stood, he argued, and God relaxed. <laughs> now what I want to say sounds funny. God said, don't worry. When you go, I will kill everybody. It took God... A long time. 40 years, but he killed everybody. It took him 40 years, but eventually he killed everybody. And what was the sin they committed? One simple sin. I said, you can. You said, you can't. That you are telling me I don't know what I'm saying. He said, for that reason, you will never can. For that reason, nothing. Listen, that's what I'm telling Christians. You know, I say it all the time. But life is a battle of what? It's a battle of words. Never sit down and speak words against yourself. Don't. Please don't. Let it be. You know, in most parts of the world, civilized countries, if they want to arrest you, they call it the is it Miranda or Miranda rights? They read you your rights. You're under arrest for aiding and abetting smuggling, whatever. Next statement is what? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to remain silent. They now tell you why you have you have to use that right. It's because anything you say can be used against you in the court of law. You have a right to have an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. No, the policeman read it without thinking. Just read it out for you. When I heard that, I said, this is literally from the Bible. The greatest weapon against you in court is your confession. Hardened criminals, eh? they know never to say anything. So in court, it's based on spiritual things. What you say <laughs> is, is ah, I wish you understood how powerful it is. If you say we are not able, that's it, you are not able. 
no matter the amount of power, I can just imagine, let me tell you something, when Christians fight, eh? when people of God get into battle, they never go alone. It's a law of God, they don't go alone. This is the law of God. No child of God travels alone. No child of God goes to battle alone. It's just the law of God. If you are going to battle, angels must follow. And they don't only follow, they surround. That is the law of God. But the same angels, the Bible says what? They hearken unto the voice. They execute his word. They pay attention and do the voice of his word. Now, when Israel was going to battle, let me tell you the kind of angels that we used to go with them. Just to give you an idea, in case you didn't know this before. The wall of Jericho, we read many stories about it. It was as thick as... There are chariots those days could take one person. It's not a big car, you understand? could take one person. But it's okay. About the width of this pulpit. Okay, that would be one chariot. It's, it said it could take eight chariots. So it's like almost like from that part of that hall to that end. Yes, eight. You know how wide that is? That's how wide the wall of Jericho was. Think about it. Rehab was living on the wall. Can you live on your face? Rehab's house was on the wall. You not that about that before. Part of the wall was living quarters. Now, many years ago I heard, you can read Angels in Assignment, Roland Bock. He said that an angel told him that the wall did not fall down. That the wall, that it didn't fall down, that they pushed it into the ground. And I don't have time to explain that, but that's actually, you know, it's backed by scripture. The day I read Bollinger explain that line, the literal Hebrew is that the wall went down under itself. That's literal Hebrew. Modern translations will say it fell down flat. Literal Hebrew says, and the walls went down under it, the wall went down under itself. And that's why each Israelite could go straight forward. You know, they surrounded the wall. As soon as it went down, they moved forward. If a wall that thick fell down, no, you couldn't move forward. You first had to roll back, save your life. Are you getting my point? Then start climbing. You know what happened? The angels pushed the wall. Pushed the wall into the ground. Now, that's just a physical way to demonstrate their power. The day Hezekiah prayed about Assyria, one angel killed 185,000 soldiers in one night. Are you getting my point? I've thought about how that angel killed them. Because of my knowledge of you know, geography, history, and stuff, I decided, I'm not saying the Lord said, I decided that what must have happened was the angel froze them you know, to free somebody. The angel just, they say, oh yeah, finish those guys. So I should finish them. How many of you have seen all these uh, cartoons? You know, uh, uh, there's one Snow Queen. And this kind of snow hair. Just carry Snow Queen. Y'all whistle for Snow Queen. Snow Queen angel just came. As they blow breeze, now men begin shiver. They shiver, shiver. After they stop shivering, they start smiling. And somebody's cold. That's how he knows he's about to die. He starts feeling cold. <laughs> Everybody froze. One angel. The point is that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. This is where I'm going. So imagine the angels that can push down walls, that can kill that number of Assyrian soldiers, escorting these Israelites to battle. 
And then you see the angel and say, we, can't, we are not able. You know, they are going to be like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> Did we say you were able yourselves? We were sent with you. Why not? Why not? Ah, the, you know, the angels would have been wondering, what is wrong with these people? Who said you could fight in yourself? We knew none of you could fight in himself or herself. We are just saying that we are here with you. We push down walls. One of us can kill all the giants. We just want you to enjoy the battle. We just want to see whether you really trust God. Where are you running to? Let me tell you something. In life, eh? in life, the only thing as a child of God you should run from is evil, iniquity. Flee youthful lust. You don't run from the devil. Where would he run into? You can go abroad. You know, you know I keep on saying it. But it must never be on record. You run away. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Run away from poverty. Run away from this. Run away from that. Run away from this. And they are running looking for money. No. Listen. Anyone who endures with the word of God. Listen to me. This is a prophetic word. In this country, you will enjoy that's not a joke. Anyone who endures with the word of God. God doesn't like, I talk something, you run up and down. For what? For what now? The angels are embarrassed. You see one angel just frowning. Why are you frowning? I was supposed to end those three giants, but the boy ran. Because, like I said, no child of God goes to battle alone. Never. Never. It doesn't happen. It does not happen. It does not happen. Listen, if it is financial battle, it does not happen. If it is health battle, it does not happen. That the child is alone. The child of God, never. Jesus said, whether you see me or not, lo, I am with you always. Whether you see me or not is not the issue. Listen, as a matter of fact, I am with you always. But the people of Israel, you know what happened to them? They opened their mouth and said, we are not able. And all the power generated, generated, accumulated, you know, consolidated for them, turned against them. It wore them out. Everybody died over the next 40 years. Apart from those who were too young to be held responsible. The word of his power. What am I saying? Every time God... We have imbibed the word. It's inside us. It is now released with our own words. That's why we read that in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. He said, because he has said. That is, we heard what he said. We put in our hearts what he said. You know, the things that he said are in our heart. Those things, we have, we have accumulated them. We have generated the power. We now do what? Boldly say. Let's ask our feet. We now boldly say. That's the way it works. That is the way it works. Bold saying. Bold declarations. Bold uplifting of the word of God. What God has said inside you, you boldly say it. Without that, power is not released though. Watch what you say. Satan knows. So you know what he's trying to do? Make the people say what they are not supposed to say. He said, how do we get Israel not to enter the promised land? It's simple. Tell them they are not able. That's all. Just tell them that they can't. 
if you successfully tell them that they cannot, if they will accept it, then they will not be able to enter. Not because we have the power to stop them, but they have the power to stop themselves. I hope you are getting my point. Can we start this evening? Let's begin to give thanks for the power that works in us. That's where we start from, with thanksgiving. I want us to give God thanks for the power that's working in us. Let's give God thanks for that power that is working inside us. Give the Lord thanks for the power that is at work within you. The power that is at work within you. Give the Lord thanks for that. Say, Lord, I thank you because your power is at work within me. Let's start with giving thanks for the power for righteousness. What is the word? Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Let's start with that. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Begin to declare those words as a way of saying thank you to the Lord. Lord, I thank you. Because I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Because the first thing that God is doing in this generation, in this season, I wanted to say, is to cleanse every defilement from inside the church. Jesus came to that woman, go and see no more. It was empowerment, not advice. So let's begin to give God thanks this evening that this cleansing that you are doing, I'm in front. You are cleansing me by the power of the Spirit. You are cleansing me where sin abounds. Grace much more abounds. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Lord, I thank you because the spirit of Christ is in me. The spirit of righteousness, the spirit of holiness. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. In my life, grace is abounding. There's one testimony a brother sent to us. Now, just listen to this for a moment. He said, I have been greatly blessed by your teaching. As the message he sent to Kingdom Word. This was supposed to be for me. He said, for four years now, I have followed you diligently. And, and I see the fruits. Now, you know I said that day. It's not money that the world produces for you. It's change. It's change inside you. Christ-likeness. That's where you know it's working. I see this young man was here. He sent a mail. He said, for four years I have followed you diligently. And I see the fruit. Listen to this. Now I worry less. I am conscious of doing right. I love and desire to help people in need. I treat women with love now and not lusting after them. I don't complain about life bitterly again. I strive to do right. I now pray for my enemy and friends. I no longer give attention to the power of witchcraft and ancestral curses. Did you hear that? I no longer give, you know, attention to the power of witchcraft and ancestral curses. I thank God for you. I am now a final year student and all that. And I said, oh, and I wrote a few other things. Now, when I read that, I said, this is not what I've been saying. He didn't say, now I've made money. Now I'm rich. Not even now I'm healed, even though healing is good. What did he say? He said, now, I worry less. I am conscious of doing right. 
I love and desire to help people in need. I treat women with love and not lust. I don't complain about life bitterly again. I strive to do right. I now pray for my enemies and pray for my friends too. <laughs> I no longer give attention to the power of witchcraft and ancestral curses. Say after me, say, where sin abounds, yes, abounds. Grace, much more abounds. grace much more abounds. Now you know what you have done? You are giving release to the breaking of every sinful habit in your life. Amen. You are giving re- release to the power to break every sinful habit in your life. Amen. Say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus I, am born again. I am born again. All things have passed away. All I am not in bondage to sin. I am not a slave to sin. I am a slave to righteousness. Now this is, are you getting my point? We are releasing the power to do right. I like what this young man says. Now I strive to do right. That's my focus. Doing right. And you don't just do right because you want to. You are able to do right because there is grace to do right. Say it again in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In my life. In my life, where sin abounds, where sin abounds grace, much more abounds. grace much more abounds. Remember, grace is not uh, whatever I do is okay with God. God won't send me to hellfire. That's not what grace is. Let's not even be discussing that one at all. That's not what grace is. What is grace? The ability to do right. The empowerment to resist sin. The empowerment to walk in righteousness. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I have been created. I have been, I have been recreated. In Christ, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in holiness, in holiness and, true and true righteousness, in holiness, in holiness and, true righteousness. and true righteousness. Say like you believe it, tap your chest, sin, sin shall have no dominion over me. No over me. Say sin, sin shall have no dominion over me. Because the Son has set me free. Therefore I am free indeed. Say it again, because the Son has set me free, I am free indeed. By the power of his resurrection, by the power of his sacrifice, I have been set free from bondage. Sin shall have no dominion over me. I walk in righteousness. I walk in holiness. Godliness is my nature. Listen, when Jesus spoke to that woman, go and sin no more. He wasn't telling her, you know, oh girl, it's not good though. Next time they catch you, I won't be around though. These men are terrible. They will just kill somebody. You see that guy? He's kind of stone around. He's waiting for me to go. When he catches you again, he's right at the back of your head though. That was not what he was saying. He wasn't advising her. He was saying to her, the same way Jesus looked at the tree, said, henceforth, nobody will eat fruit from here again. In that same way, the Lord Jesus, are you getting my point? Looked at that woman and said, henceforth, no fruit of sin will come out of your life. What she needed to do was say what? Amen. Amen. That her amen is a release of power. By saying amen, let it be unto me according to your word. She said free. Let's say it again. Say, I have been set free. I have free. I have gone... (laughs) Something like this. You know, Jesus said, go. Okay, say, say I, go, I go. And I see no more. more. You are getting my point? We are responding to the words of the Lord Jesus. Say it again. I go. I go and I see no more. I see no more. 
say, no temptation can overcome me. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Where sin abounds, grace for me much more abounds. I think we should say it again and again. I walk in righteousness. I walk in holiness. I walk in godliness. The fruits of the Spirit is my portion. The fruit of the Spirit is my portion. I walk in love. I walk in joy. I walk in faithfulness. And let's just read it quickly. Let me just open. You can just pause there. Let me just open to again. Um, Galatians chapter 5. I just want us to read that. It's, it's, so, so, it's so, so important. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I want to just use that one to lead us in those uh, declarations. Now let's say it again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I walk in, the fruit of the I walk in love. I walk in, I walk in joy. I walk in, I walk in peace. I walk in, peace. I walk in patience. I walk in, patience. I walk in kindness. I walk Goodness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness gentleness, gentleness, and self-control. And self-control. These, things These things are coming out of me. Because the power of the Spirit is inside me. The the I'm, a I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things of sin have passed away. Say that again. All things of sin have passed away. The lust of the flesh, they've passed away. The lust of the eyes, they've passed away. Say the pride of life is gone out of my life because I've been recreated in Christ Jesus in holiness and in righteousness. You know what Jesus says? Seek first the kingdom of God and what his righteousness. You know, many times the problem we have as a church is that when we have things like this, when we hear words like this, we start focusing them on the motor car. We, you know, we waste, we waste the anointing. One man of God said something once. I forgot whether it's Benny Hinn or Kenneth Higgin or one of those people. He said that sometimes pastors waste their anointing because they are, you know, they are enjoying people falling down under the power. The anointing comes, it starts touching people anyhow. He said sometimes just keep that touch, wait, and start looking for who it is for. He said sometimes God has dropped an anointing. It's not for people to fall down. What is wrong with them? What are they falling down for? He said there's somebody that is sick. He has not yet entered the hall. Keep the power. Wait, he's coming. There's a demon that needs to go. Keep the power. But sometimes people will get carried away. Because when you talk, somebody will fall out of the power, you start, feeling, you start feeling anointed. Because somebody fell down, and they, if that falls down, shall rise again. What have you now proven now? Are you getting my point? He says sometimes you need to keep that power. You restrain it, you keep it aside. And then, you know, you resist the temptation to waste it anyhow. Because each time you touch somebody, a bit of it discharges. Say this happened to him like that. I can't remember who was telling us this thing. Suddenly, just sees the person. Yes, this power has been feeling since. And sometimes, for one woman that's about to die, that cancer has eaten different parts of her body, they now bring her in and say, "Yes, good." Walks up to her and discharges the whole thing, and cancer dies. Are you getting my point? Sometimes we hear the truth, we waste it. Somebody who cannot overcome the lust of the flesh, he hears the word of God is claiming motoka. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Waste of spiritual power. This is half measures. The car will come, but he will die for his sin. Is he good? <laughs> when you hear such words, that's one thing the Holy Spirit has helped me to understand. Tell Lord, there are some things that are first. 
this man's, this young man's, uh, you know, email. Such a blessing to me. You see the things he picked. He said, I'm still in school. It's not now I've graduated by force. I've used the word to reduce a five-year course to three and a half years. Which is the kind of testimony we want to hear. But the young man said, no. I don't worry again. I'm not afraid again. When the measure witchcraft now, it doesn't worry me anymore. Now when I hear enemies, I pray for them. And I remember to pray for my friends too. I see women around me. Now I operate love towards them, not lost. He said this word. Now listen, he said for four years. He said I've listened to you for four years. And he's satisfied with the fruit it is bearing. I pray that Christians, you know, one of the things I want to teach this generation, eh, is forget believing God for a car, believing God for a house. All of that things shall be added. And let me say to you, God will honor you. Sometimes you'll be embarrassed. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, this word will we'll take some more confessions another time, okay? We'll soon end this today and so we can go home. But I want us to start. Let us know the foundation of everything is a work in righteousness. Anger, you're always angry. Yet you are, you're unhappy that your house is not fine, your friend's home is fine. You've, it, 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 it has not crossed your mind that your friend is patient, you are impatient. You are embarrassed at the kind of car he has. You are not embarrassed at the kind of short temper you have. Listen, you know, that's, where, that's the first place we operate the release of power. Sin shall not have any dominion over me. That's where we start from. Not that you carry Christians into political office, they start stealing money and embarrassing the Lord. Before we used to we say, ah, Christians should occupy political office. You know what God said? Not now. Say why is that embarrassment? It's enough. Why? Because they, 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 were, they were using the word to claim prosperity. They did not use the word to claim a walk in righteousness. Let's declare it again. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I will not disappoint the Lord. I will not embarrass him. I will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I will please him in all respects. I will bear fruit in every good work. And I will increase in the knowledge of God. Say it again in the name of Jesus. I will please the Lord in all respects. I will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I will please him in all respects. I will bear fruit in every good work. Wherever I walk, it will be the path of righteousness. He will lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Say it again. I walk in the path of righteousness. And I glorify God. Say it again. Sin shall not have dominion over me. The lust of the flesh will not have dominion over me. The lust of the eyes will not have dominion over me. The pride of life will not have dominion over me. Say in the name of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is working in me. Say it again. Therefore, I walk in love. I walk in joy. I produce peace. I have patience. Kindness is my portion. Goodness is my lifestyle. Faithfulness is my lifestyle. Gentleness is my nature. And I have self-control. 
Say, I am not afraid of tomorrow. Say, tomorrow. Listen to me. The Lord will take care of you. Say, my soul. Relax. The Lord will take care of you. Say it again. My soul. Rest in the Lord. There is no need to be anxious. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. That includes tomorrow. Are you getting my point? Yeah, goodness is following even your tomorrow. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, anxiety is not my portion. Fear is not my portion. Worry is not my portion. From today, you will sleep in peace. Calm has come upon your soul. Your blood pressure has normalized. Your diabetes is gone. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, from now on, customers will come to you. Do you know why? Because they will find you faithful. Oh, God. Listen, I'm not just prophesying prosperity. I'm saying they will find you faithful. Listen, God is looking for people. This is how he is. When they want to describe God, it's always like this. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When it came to the New Testament, they say, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That in the book of Philippians, Paul called him, my God. God likes to be personalized. I hope you're getting my point. What does it mean to be personalized? I don't mean that we know he's a personal God. We know. But for somebody to own him and for him to own somebody. That is why they want to describe him. He, looks, he likes for them to find somebody and say, point to that person. Because all, you know, God is not a name. It's a description for an office. You know that? Yes. Oh, and all God's names are descriptive. So if I come now and say, I am, let me get an and say, I'm doctor. Next person comes here, I'm doctor. You can get to a place, everybody's doctor, doctor. You have to qualify it further. Do you get my point? Why? Because doctor is an office. Even if they're all medical doctors, even though they're all kinds of doctors, they are PhD doctors, they are medical doctors, they are traditional doctors. There are doctors that is not everything, it's just their name. <laughs> are you getting my point? <laughs> but even if they are all medical doctors, okay, you still need to find a way to know, know, tell the kind of doctor or who you are dealing with. And that's where God has a problem, in quotes. He doesn't have a name like that. You can come to an office you're looking for Dr. Chooks, Dr. Jack, Dr. Ben, Dr. You know, Dr. This. But in God's case, you tell you're looking for God. They now say, which God? You can say the creator God. Everybody claims to be creator. The Muslims will say their God is a creator. Are you getting my point? You want, look, there are two ways God describes himself and there's no controversy. If you go and see it, I was reading the book of Acts again yesterday. yesterday, And I noticed that Peter would tell you, Jesus of Nazareth. They had to qualify it. And I have a conviction there was only one Jesus in Nazareth. <laughs> That's just my own thinking. Because there, there had to be no mistake. So, when God wants to be described now, just two ways. One, God the Father of our Lord Jesus, that's number one. Then the second one, which is what we're talking about, is somebody of today. So, they say, which God? They say, you know Banky, yes, he's God. Do you know Uchechi? Yes, he's God. That God he declares, that God he fears, that God he works with, that God that takes care of him, that God that blesses him. Listen to this, that God he is faithful to. When Paul wanted to describe his God in Acts 27, he said, God, whose I am and whom I serve. Because there were all kinds of gods. These were Romans. They've seen all kinds of gods. He said, the angel of God 
whose I am and who I serve. And that's what God is looking for. And listen to me. In this generation, there are not many people. And we have an assignment to walk with him until he can boldly own us. That's how we're preaching like this. Let's say it again. Say in the name of Jesus. I will be faithful to God my Father. I will represent him well. Say like Jesus. I will be an exact representation of his nature. Say like Jesus. I will be an exact representation of his nature. Say just like Jesus. I will perfectly say I will perfectly express his character. And I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me by his grace. Please put those two hands up and worship him this evening. Say, Lord, we thank you. Let us thank him. Say, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. 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 Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power. Grace is power. Grace is power. Grace is power. Thank you for your grace that is working inside me. Thank you for your grace that is working, the power to walk in righteousness. In the midst of a crooked and an adulterous generation, I stand out as light because the grace of God is working with me. In the midst of a crooked and an adulterous generation, I stand as light because the grace of God is working with me. In, this, in the midst of this crooked and adulterous generation, I stand, I shine, I shine, and I give glory to God my Father. 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 Oh Lord, we worship you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are good. Ah, do you know I don't feel like going. <laughs> Father, we thank you. I just feel like staying here. Honestly. I don't know about you. I just feel like staying here and worshiping. Lord, we give you praise. You are good. You are great. And you are God. Thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Alright, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless three people around you quickly. This is your season. All right, two more people. This is your season. One more person. This is your season. One last one for yourself. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, cherub brethren. God bless you.